<laughs> hey everybody, thanks for joining me today. I am the veterinary optimist, Jennifer Evans, and I am here today with Vanessa Wizar. We are set for a really incredible conversation. I've actually known her for multiple years now. I would say we're probably going on about seven years. Yeah. Uh, and I'm excited about this because I believe that knowing all of the different things that can be done within veterinary medicine for technicians is super vital. And Vanessa, you've just got an incredible story and I love to be able to talk to you about it. Can you, let's start with the basics. When did you start in vet medicine? So I started in the field, in the field in general in about 2006, I started as a kennel tech. Okay. All mm -hmm. right. Now I know, I know you're an LVT. Yes. Did you start, did you start working in a clinic and start going for your LVT at the same time? Or was that something that you found that you wanted to do later? So I started working in a vet hospital with the intention of going to the program. I'm going into the veterinary technology program in San Antonio. Um, so I worked in a hospital for about six months okay. before I was like, oh yeah, no, this is what I want to do. This is definitely my path. And then I went to, like, I was on board for school 100%. Okay. So tell me this, when you started, had you ever worked in veterinary medicine before, or did you ever even have the, the thought of being in veterinary medicine prior to that? No, no. Well, I mean, maybe as a kid, you okay. know, of course we all do. Um, but as in, like going into my college years, I don't, I don't think that ever crossed my mind because I knew I didn't want to be a doctor. And I was like, well, that's the only thing to do in veterinary medicine is to be a doctor. So, um, I didn't think of it as a career. And then one day, I was watching this TV show and I was seeing what they were doing and I was like, that's amazing. I thought it was the coolest thing and it was like an emergency veterinary show. And from that moment, I was very interested in it. Okay. And then the next week at school, I saw a brochure for the veterinary technology program at Palo Alto and I was all, well, that's a coinky dink. Mm. And so then within a week's time, I had already called a vet hospital, gotten my first job. Well, I asked a volunteer and they're like, would you like a job? And I was like, absolutely. Yes. So, and so, yeah, I started as a kennel tech at a, at a mixed animal practice. So I started as a kennel tech when I was 15. And you're right. You kind of get this thought of when I went in, I went in because I was like, oh, I get out of school early. This is the <laughs> medical field. I'm mm -hmm. going to do this, right? Thinking that the doctors were the ones that did all of mm -hmm. these things and that we were kind of in the background and support staff. And what you find out really quickly is that, that that's just not the case. Yeah. And it really can it can really be an incredible experience to be, to have your eyes open to that because I was the same way when I walked in the clinic, mm -hmm. I knew almost immediately that there, I wouldn't be walking mm -hmm. back out. Yeah. And, and I, and I love that I fell in mm -hmm. love with it that way. Mm -hmm. Okay. So tell me this, here we are. It's 2006. You've started this kennel. You've decided to go into the program. When did you actually get your LVT license? I got my license in 2008 in Texas. We were RVTs at the time, registered okay. vet techs. And then a few years later, we changed, became licensed veterinary technicians. Um, so I've been an LVT since 2008 in Texas. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you went to school the entire time you worked or worked the entire time you went to school? Yes, pretty much. I mean, I did a lot of weekend job, you know, a lot of weekend shifts. Um, after after hour shifts or you know after school shifts in the evening going to kennels cleaning up things like that so yes okay very cool very cool did you find like it was difficult I know a lot of technicians right now are kind of in this mind frame of is it worth it can I do it mm -hmm. can I go through this and work at the same time do you feel like it was something you were capable of doing and felt comfortable I think at the time, I was much younger, of course, <laughs> at the time, I definitely could, and I had a great support system with my family, you know, everybody like that helping me. Um, 
going to school full time and then working full time probably would have been tricky, but there's so many different ways to do it now. I have so many friends who have done online programs and I have two friends who are about to take their test soon and I'm so excited for them. They just oh finished their um, online veterinary technology program. So, you know, I mean, if you if you want it, you can make it happen. There's okay. so many different avenues, you know, um, that you can do part time, do at your own pace. Or if you want to get it done, go to a full school. There's uh, quite a few. There's one in San Antonio now and Austin, things like that. Mm. So I love that. And I love that the idea of online because mm -hmm. life is difficult. I mean, yes. things happen. We all have to come home and, mm -hmm. and take care of our home lives along with working. And, and I love that there it's grown to such a mm -hmm. way that it can now be an online program. So I really, I really dig that. Mm -hmm. Thank you for bringing that up. Okay. So let your, it's 2008, you're working in medicine, mm -hmm. you are enjoying everything that you're doing. Are you doing just general practice at this moment? And, and what, I guess, I guess what this next question is kind of leading up to is, what was the journey that took you to your next step from 2008? So I originally started as a kennel tech in a mixed animal practice, large animal, small animal, and I knew pretty quickly that large animal was not my life. Mm -hmm. I was like the first mm -hmm. time being chased by a horse. I was like, I'm good. Let's <laughs> keep moving on. <laughs> no, but and I will say, yeah. I'll make a plug on this really quick because I also, large animal for me was not something that I was comfortable with because I understand dogs and cats. I don't necessarily mm -hmm. understand large animal and you have to be where you're comfortable. But I've watching a technician and they're it's amazing. Uh, it, it, when they're in their world. It's incredible. Jenna, I hope that you listen to this episode because this is me doing a shout out, hoping that I get you on here one day talking about <laughs> your craft and your art with you being a technician uh, on the large animal side. So, yes. okay. So yeah. you, you, you realized that, that wasn't the thing uh -huh. for you. And so then I went to GP. I've so kind of everything I've done, I've worked in GP medicine. And then from there, I loved it. I loved what I was doing, but I got an opportunity to go work with the city shelter. Um, so I worked with, a shelter, so I have shelter medicine experience. Um, that was a completely different beast onto its own because you have to MacGyver so many things. And to all my shelter medicine people, shout out because it is shout amazing. Yeah. Um, and then from there, I moved on to specialty and emergency. And specialty and emergency, I feel, is where I definitely found my lane, where okay. I, I was home, everything was fast paced, and it was great. Okay, so you're mm -hmm. in specialty. Mm -hmm. And you, and it, it seems to me, because we're getting on to this point of the story, you found a certain area that, that you loved. So tell mm -hmm. me what you decided to do, because now you're a licensed mm -hmm. vet tech, you're working in specialty. Where, where, what's your next step right now at this point? So at this step, so I started at the specialty hospital, and I... At that time, we were all cross-trained across the board. We were to different departments, everything. Um, but I loved dentistry. Mm. Dentistry was my jam from the beginning. I knew that I could, um, you know, for me, being able to do, I'm not good at sitting still. So dentistry, I'm the one doing the x-rays. I'm, you know, doing the cleaning. I'm charting. And I need my doctor to come in and evaluate and do surgery. But there's so much I can do hands-on. I feel like I was making such a difference and I can see what I was doing because dentistry is instant gratification. I can see how quickly I clean those teeth. It's funny you say that because you, we do talk about instant gratification in, mm -hmm. in vet medicine a lot. Like we all want the want toenails yes. that need to be clipped. Yes. <laughs> like, well, we would almost like, like, like go to war over who gets to trim who those nails. The good nails because trim. that is an instant gratification. And I love that you found that lane because when I was in clinic, like I, I just, I'm being honest here. Dentistry was not, <laughs> my jam right like I just wasn't it wasn't my mm -hmm. favorite yeah I did love cracking tartar yeah and, and I did love like helping with the incisors that were only packed in with like the hair that uh -huh. was in there but beyond that you really do to find a love for it like you really do have to 
find that that mm-hmm. is your passion. Yes. And there, there are quite a few technicians that really enjoy being at the dental table. Mm-hmm. And I just love that you found that lane yeah. and decided to follow it because you, this is when you're working, what year is it when you're working at the specialty clinic? I started there in 2013. Okay. So you had been a technician at this point for, you know, five years, five years and, yeah. and you get here and now you've realized now you're ready to take another step. Mm-hmm. You found this dentistry. So what did you do mm-hmm. next? So I, you know, basically what I did is I ran with it. I stayed in the dentistry department. I was like, okay, this is where I want to be. I know, and I started learning as much as I could. Started attending CEs. You know, every specialty specialty in veterinary medicine has a conference. If you search for it, you can find a behavior conference. You can find a dentistry conference. You can find a surgery conference. You know, so I found the dentistry one, and I was like, that's where I need to go. And so that was my first step was making sure I went to that conference that following year. Um, it was the first time I'd ever attended a big conference by myself. I went by myself to Atlanta. I was terrified and I so loved it. So had you it. been at conferences before, like as a, as like RBT, LBT? Only locally, like the Southwest ones. Yeah. So local, you know, I knew people who were there. This is the first one I went by myself, didn't know a single person. <laughs> so I went to, I'll tell you my story really quick. I went, the very first conference I went to, I went because the, they were offering it to a certain amount of people in the clinic. They were going to pay for the people mm-hmm. in the clinic to go. And I was like, oh, I'd love to learn. This is incredible. I'd never been to one before. I had not been a technician for long. Mm-hmm. I did not, I was a baby tech. I did not know anything. And I walk in thinking that I was looking at this correct class, right? Uh Well, so I find out that I'm in one of the veterinary (laughs) classes where they're talking about ECG readings and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. Well, I'm so new that it was all gibberish to me. And I remember telling myself, I'm going to come back to this conference and I'm going to come sit in this class and I guarantee you I'm going to know what they're saying Mm -hmm. a lot more than what I understand Mm -hmm. today because I'm so interested in it and I'm so into it. Um, and so you're right. Those conferences can be super inspiring. Mm-hmm. And, and I love that you made that decision to go to that conference just to make sure that I really you were on like the right it. path. Yes. Okay. And at that conference, I really started in, like learning about the veterinary technician specialist. Mm. So becoming a VTS. And I was like, hmm, that sounds like the next step, you know, because I mean, I'm not one who likes to sit down. I'm always want to learn or, you know, do the next thing. And for me, that was becoming a specialist in the thing that I love and learning as much as I could. And so I became a VTS in dentistry in 2018. I got pinned and everything like that. That's mm-hmm. incredible. Yeah. I And I love, I love that because that's when we started to run across mm-hmm. each other because now you've taken something that you really enjoy mm-hmm. and you've taken your love for building up the technician profession and, you've mixed the two now because you like to go in Mm -hmm. and help teach and help give guidance on the proper way of doing techniques and things like that. And any clinic, I mean, I think we know we have high turnover. I think we know that keeping trained technicians is a little bit difficult. And so for you to be able to go in and help be that crossroads of I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm a little bit newer and I don't know the best way and let you come in with this passion (laughs) and this smile and like this just jovial personality of like, I'm going to help you learn these dentals better. I mean, there's something really cool about that. Of course, I come across people who are like, absolutely not. I hate dentistry. And I'm like, that's totally fine, but I'm going to make you like me and learn how to do it as much as I can, (laughs) you know? And I'm like, and then you can always call me with any dental questions. (laughs) I love that. I love that. Okay. So you made this decision. Mm -hmm. You decided to go through this program where you specialize. 
I assume there was a lot of different things that had to happen. I assume mm -hmm. you had to have certain qualifications. Is mm -hmm. that a correct statement? Yes. So before you can even um, contemplate specializing in anything, you have to work in the field for, I think, like five years. And I think that's across the board for most special specialties. And mm -hmm. as a technician, um, you have to have a certain amount of time in the clinic setting. Um, and then once you decide, hey, this is what I want to do, some of them have um, pre-applications, like you have to apply to be able to specialize, and some you can just do a commitment to specialize. Okay. So it really depends on the specialty. Dentistry, I had to apply, I got accepted. And so within those, it's a two-year program. So in dentistry, all of them, again, are different. Right. So dentistry is two years. I had to do case reports, case logs, radiographs, you know, so many different things. And you did this while working full-time? I did it while working full-time. Okay, yes. was that difficult? You know, it it was okay. It wasn't as horrible because I was doing the cases as I was going. The harder part was whenever I had to travel for the CEs. You know, there was a lot of, with dentistry specifically, because we have to get so many specific cases, there was a lot of traveling involved for me, but I wouldn't have changed anything. Whereas, you know, some of the other ones, you can do most of them in the hospital. But yeah, so there's a lot of things involved in it. And then at the very end, you, you once you pack it and everything passes, you take a big test. <laughs> mm, I love that. Do you feel like you've ever regretted that decision to mm. go and specialize? Not a single, not once. Okay. It's opened so many doors for me as far as teaching, traveling, meeting new people. Um, something that I didn't know I liked doing was lecturing going into hospitals and teaching and talking, I when I was younger, thinking about it made me want to throw up. And now I can, you know, I lectured for 350 technicians in San Antonio, and I loved every second of it. Ah, that's awesome. Yeah. And I'm really so. proud of you for doing that kind of stuff. <laughs> Thank you. Because public speaking is difficult, and mm -hmm. especially for us, like, we're people who relate to animals. Yes. <laughs> like, we understand animal lingo. It's mm -hmm. hard to be able to get in front of people like that mm -hmm. and, and get on stage and... Mm -hmm. and, and my time working in rescue, I, I ran a rescue for a long time, helped me get over that fear. Mm -hmm. And there's something empowering about mm -hmm. knowing that you yeah. can do that now. And I, I just, I, I love that you get up there and, and, mm -hmm. and make that happen. So do you feel like it's added to your happiness in this profession, going and doing a VTS from, from your RBT slash LBT? I 100%. I think so. Um, you know, like I said, it has opened so many doors for me, meeting new people, um, working with different companies across the United States who take me places, traveling, teaching, things like that. Um, I've never once regretted it. And I, you know, there was many times that I contemplated before I did my specialty and before I knew what I really want, loved, if I should be in this field. Because, you know, it's so hard to make a life out of it sometimes. But I really stuck through it. And because I have put so much effort into what I love, I can make a career out of it now. You know... Um, what came to mind when you said that statement? I think sometimes what happens uh, in vet med is, I think sometimes veterinary technicians, after a certain amount of time, can almost get stagnant, mm -hmm. can almost feel like, man, we've done this and we've done that. Mm -hmm. Where else is there to go? I mean, mm -hmm. you've got things like practice management that you can yes. go to. and and But essentially what happens is this ceiling effect, mm -hmm. right? Like we've hit all of these things. Mm -hmm. And although we're extremely proud of them and we love every second that we've that we've been in the in these walls of these veterinary hospitals, we still feel like what's next? Mm -hmm. What's next? And you have found this lane where not only are you passionate about it, but you have found what ne what's next. And 
this to me has led you on a path that can take you far beyond working in clinic. It can take you far beyond, far beyond being a every single day technician. Mm -hmm. And there's something really cool about that because it's just given you this whole different world that you can tap yeah. into. In my opinion, do you feel the same way? When, yes. I mean, it's a world that I didn't even know was there. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. being in a general practice or being like in your own little world, sometimes we don't look outside. We, like you said, we get very stuck. This is my life. This is what I'm supposed to do. So it opened so many different things that I just didn't even know were possibilities. You know, mm -hmm. like who would have thought I could lecture, I could go and teach people. It's so, it's, I still sit down and think about it and I'm like, that's crazy. It's so weird. I love that. But I, yeah. I love that. I feel that sometimes yeah. whenever I look back at some of the things I've done, I'm like, wow. I, I mean, I, sometimes I'm like, Hey, you were just lucky. But then other yeah. times like, no, I worked really hard. I worked really hard. Yeah. So I love, I love that, that, mm -hmm. that, that's that your outlook on it. Okay. So then here's this question. Have you ever regretted any of it? No, not, not once. No, because again, I, like I said, there was times when I was like, should I be in this field? Should I do it? I almost went to human nursing and then realized I don't like people that much. <laughs> but what do we do every day? Deal with people. Yeah. So, you know, um, but no, I think it has opened my eyes and much. I'm much more compassionate, I feel, towards people in general and animals. You know, just in general in this field, I've never once wished I was not in it. I feel that way all the time mm -hmm. because it can it can wear on you. Like mm -hmm. compassion fatigue is a real thing. Yes. Um, burnout is a real thing. And I think that's a real thing in many different professions, but it is definitely alive and well in our, in mm -hmm. our, in our, in our profession. And for me, like I, I very much so feel like although those things are present, mm -hmm. I am still so grateful for every moment that I've had because it is far better than any alternative in my opinion. Yes. I've learned so much and there's been so many things that mm -hmm. have been brought my way because of my love of vet med yeah. that it, it really is. I don't regret a second of it either. And I love no. that you feel that way. Okay. Yeah. So let's don't say, get me wrong. There are some days that are more frustrating than others, yeah. <laughs> but I in life love it. In general, in life in general. Okay. So since we're kind of in this area of talking about technicians and ways that they can feel more empowered or a little bit more direction, if you were to give two pieces of advice to a technician that's starting to get in that area of feeling a little stagnant, a little, mm -hmm. where do I go from here? Mm -hmm. I, I'm in a, I'm in a situation that's not serving me to the best of its ability. Mm -hmm. And because of that, I'm not serving this situation to the best of my ability. What would your two pieces of advice for that, for, for that technician be? So the first one would be, start exploring. You know what I mean? Like that's the thing is you say stagnant and um, you know, I know you've touched on this before um, and other people have touched on it, but maybe you're not uh, what is it's not burnout. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you're just ready for growth. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like, don't just be like, okay, this is what's in my hospital. If you love surgery, become the main person for surgery in your hospital. Say, this is what I really want to do. I'm going to learn as much as I can about it. And talk to your doctors, talk to your hospital staff, talk to the other technicians and be like, hey, this is coming in. I really want to work on this case and try to really get that, you know, going on. If it's something not in your hospital you like, figure out how you can explore that. Go visit a different hospital that does that type of service to see if you really like it. 
you know, I love that piece mm -hmm. of advice. I'll give you my, I'll give you my thing around this. So there's two things. Um, I championed, I love the idea of championing something yes. because it's going to give you experience for something bigger than where you're at right now. Mm -hmm. And for me in my clinic, I, I love the idea of championing the marketing. Mm -hmm. Well, that meant that I joined the chamber of commerce. I helped plan events. Dr. Lane gave me full control over marketing mm -hmm. in the clinic. We got to do a lot of continuing our um, client um, like um, education yeah. and client appreciation parties and things like that because mm -hmm. he allowed me to be that person. And he gave me avenues in which ways to strengthen that mm -hmm. for me. Well, that served me on so many different levels, well beyond the clinic and well beyond mm -hmm. my time with him. And, and it's been one of my greatest mm -hmm. accomplishments to know that I started with nothing mm -hmm. or no experience in that area. And I built it up and I used my day to day to, to serve me in such a way, even right now. Mm -hmm. So I really, I really enjoy that. And, you know, yeah. another thing that I had the ability to do was when I was with my previous job, I was in a lot of different veterinary hospitals mm -hmm. and I would go in and ask the veterinarians a lot of the same things. And I always wanted to know their pieces of advice for a uh, graduating vet. Right. And a lot of the answers were super unique and I loved them, but there was one that continuously showed up and they talked about continuing education. Mm -hmm. If you stay stagnant, if you don't have something you're learning or applying to what you're doing, you are going to be unhappy. And I, and it's just one of those things where they said it, you're saying it, mm -hmm. I believe it. And you're right. I sometimes do wonder, and you know, I think this is more like Brene Brown or Simon Sinek <laughs> in the back of my mind saying these things, but Sometimes I do wonder if like we put the words burnout around mm -hmm. it and it's easy to sit in that space when really what we're looking for is just growth and, and opportunity to do something, something mm -hmm. a little bit more. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, okay. Yeah. I love that. That's a great yes. piece of advice. So find an avenue, explore it, figure out ways to apply mm -hmm. it and learn mm -hmm. more. Okay. So then your second piece of advice would be. Second piece of advice is once you find what you love, use your voice. You have your voice, you know, um, talk to the people in your hospital, ask them, you know, to help you follow that path. I think that was something that was beneficial. Uh, one of the most amazing and beneficial things to me is that, you know, whenever I went to one of my supervisors and was like, hey, I really like dentistry. I think this is my passion. I know this is my passion. This is what I want to do. They were 100% supportive. It could have gone completely the other way. They could have been like, no, 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 you need to do this. But if I wouldn't have asked or I wouldn't have taken those steps, you know, I may not be where I am today. So find your voice and really, you know, pursue what you love and find what you love in this field. Do you feel like technicians sometimes don't have their voices? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it goes back to, you know, when I started at the beginning, you know, I didn't want to go. I didn't know I could go into vet med because I just thought it was doctors. You know, this was just the doctors who did everything. So, you know, technicians now are becoming so more advanced, so much more advanced and learning things use that stuff and use your voice to keep going, you know, and, mm -hmm. you know, just keep advancing. And that's going to help you so much. Um, when I say find your voice, too, I also mean don't get bogged down by your emotions or don't be afraid of your emotions. Mm -hmm. For me, I'm a very emotional person. I cry when I'm angry. I cry when I'm happy. And for a long time, I thought that meant weakness. Mm -hmm. My tears are not weakness. Mm -hmm. They certainly they are, are not. not. And so finding that strength in myself to be like, oh, even though I'm crying, this is a serious conversation. Mm -hmm. Even though I'm crying, it does not mean I 
don't mean what I'm saying. So mm-hmm. finding your voice in that way too and finding your strength. Well, and sometimes being able to just have those conversations each time you have them, you feel stronger and stronger. Yes. And the less tears that come out. I 100%. mean, we are emotional people. Yeah. <laughs> but it adds to our beauty because in my opinion, the reason why vet medicine is such this beautiful place to be is because of how passionate mm-hmm. and how emotional and how much we love. Like we love big yes. and, and we love these animals big. And in turn, that means we love these clients big and we love our team big. And that comes with the emotions that also allow us to love that way. And so you're right. We can sometimes think that because we're crying, that's a weakness. And maybe we shouldn't Mm -hmm. go down that path of having that conversation. But I also think sometimes we get in a, and this is just from my own personal experience, but I think sometimes we can be intimidated by the, the leadership in our clinics Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and, Although doctors have to protect their licenses, when it comes to practicing medicine, that that is important to them. Mm-hmm. That is their livelihood. But they're human too. But they're human too. And 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 we should be treated like humans yes. both ways. And if and and I think part of like finding your voice, I'm I hope I'm adding to this yes. when I say this of giving this call out of like, if you feel like you're not being treated like a human in your practice, mm-hmm. there are places out there that will treat you well. There yes. are places for you to be. And give them the opportunity, find your voice, have that conversation. And if you feel like, if you feel like nothing's changing, don't, don't feel like that is like a situation you have to keep yourself in. And I think sometimes we get stuck. I I know so many people who we get stuck and I've been stuck before. You're just like, this is the way it is. There's no other option. That is how it is everywhere. It's not. Mm-mm. It's not that way everywhere. You know, I mean, people online um, on the Facebook groups and stuff talk about finding their unicorn clinic. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you have to make your unicorn clinic. You know, mm-hmm. you have to fight for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're being belittled and talked mm-hmm. down to and treated horribly, mm-hmm. that's not that's not where you need to be. I agree. So mm-hmm. it's funny because I was well, and now I'll get into it in another episode. I know this, but this is—I'll I'll kind of, you know, start to wrap wrap it up with this right here. But I heard one time that if you don't have the leadership that you want, be the leader that you want to be, mm-hmm. and, or that you want to have. Be that leader, and that's how you should handle your days. But also, and also, not yeah, but, but yeah, and yeah. also. You deserve to be treated like a human. And, mm-hmm. and if that's not happening, you deserve better. So yeah. and I, and it's not everywhere, but you're right. that You do hear so many times where this is the situation or you hear the toxic mm-hmm. culture is a statement I hear all the time. And that's going to be something that we kind of dive into a little bit into another um, podcast. But we hear it a lot. And just know that one, there, change can happen. You can be the change in the practice that can lead to a better unicorn clinic. Mm-hmm. Um, and also there are those clinics out there waiting to to, to have you be a part of their team if, if it's just mm-hmm. something that's not possible where you're at. So, yes, Vanessa, this conversation has been incredible. I'm super yeah. grateful for you. I know that we're going to have more conversations in the future <laughs> because I just know that we both have, we're, sat, we're out on the same mission. Yes. We're good friends. And with that means that our paths are going to continue to cross. Always. Yeah. You're stuck with me yeah. forever. Yeah, I'm okay with it. It <laughs> makes me so happy. It makes me so happy. I just want to thank you again for coming out and I'm not yes. going to, I'm not going to end this interview without telling you how appreciative I am for your dedication to this profession, Thank to you. the technicians, for <laughs> educating, for being a leader with a smile on your face and joy in your heart. Um, it, it is not something we come across a lot right now because mm-hmm. we are struggling a little yeah. bit. 
Um, but you are always there with a smile and an open heart and an open arms. And I, and I'm just so appreciative of that. Thank you very much. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. I appreciate you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> we'll do it again. Oh, oh yes. So many more times. So much. Bye everybody. Bye.